Winning doesn't just happen. It takes a plan, a strategy, all based on expert analysis and trusted information. That's what you get right here. The Winning Edge. We're not just doing this because we're nice guys. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. What a day in the sports world, and we will talk everything that you need to know for a monumental Tuesday on the sports landscape right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and you're watching all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. For the first two hours of this show, joining me very, very shortly, it will be our good friend, Kevin Walsh, one of the hosts of The Early Line, making this monumental Tuesday of the morning after a new edition of The Early After. The reason that the sports calendar is so jam-packed right now is not only because we are at the midway point of the NFL season, week number nine, coming to a close last night with a hectic and wild ending on monday night football in pittsburgh we also have the nba and the nhl in full swing college football the newest edition of the cfp poll released tonight by the cfp selection committee as we are in the final month of the regular season and oh yeah by the way not far behind me here in midtown manhattan at madison square garden is the showcase of the college basketball season beginning tonight Check all those boxes, all the sports you could ever hope for, and we will discuss everything that you need to know to become a better sports better, a more profitable sports better, right here on the morning after on this Tuesday. So let's dive into Monday Night Football first because we are now officially at the halfway point of the 2021 NFL season. Nine weeks in the books, nine more regular season weeks to go. Do not forget the longest NFL season on the history books this year, 18 regular season weeks in which every NFL team will play 17 regular season games. And week nine came to a close last night on a Monday night in the Steel City. The Pittsburgh Steelers utilizing a late field goal and some help from the referees to beat the Chicago Bears 29 to 27. Now the story might be something of the sort. Pittsburgh wins late on a late field goal from Chris Boswell. Chicago has a chance to answer. They miss a 66-yard field goal off the right foot of Cairo Santos. But the story, if you followed along through social media, was a very questionable taunting call on Chicago's Cassius Marsh that would have gave the Bears the ball back after forcing Pittsburgh into a fourth down with about three and a half minutes left, down 23-20. to But a taunting call by head referee Tony Carrenti, extends the drive for Pittsburgh. They take a 26-20 lead. It did not even slow down the Chicago Bears as young Justin Fields led a game-leading touchdown drive on the next possession for Chicago that made it 27-26, but too much time left on the clock for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chicago Bears offer up 12 penalties last night, and the Steelers take advantage to win 29-27. So as we look at this game from a betting perspective, the Pittsburgh Steelers entered last night a seven-point favorite, a total that we saw get as low as 38.5, closed at 40 and a hook prior to kick. It did not even matter as it got steamed up. It went way over last night with a final score of 29-27. to That was just the second over all year long for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the third over all year long for the Chicago Bears. Pittsburgh does not cover a seven-point spread. So far this season, the Pittsburgh Steelers just 3-5 and five against the spread, 0-4 winless 
as a favorite this year, not covering as a favorite by an average margin of 9.6 points per game. But guys, you know me. Does it really matter? Because let's go back to that drive that Justin Fields led to get the Chicago Bears the lead with under a minute and 45 seconds left as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the first hour of the morning after on a huge Sports Tuesday. You are listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. So let's dive into Justin Fields. Allow me this moment if you will. He leads a game-leading drive for the Chicago Bears with under two minutes left. It did not prove to be the game-winning drive, but nonetheless, Justin Fields making throw after throw. Last night, overall, the stat line looked as such for the rookie quarterback out of Ohio State. 17 of 29, 291 yards, a touchdown, and then 45 rushing yards as well. A career-high 291 passing yards for Justin Fields going over a plus-money prop for Justin Fields to hit at least 200 passing yards last night on a Monday night. Donnie Wrightside gave you that on the early after yesterday. The early after a new program with Kevin Walsh will begin here in just a few moments. Also, Justin Fields going over his rushing yards prop of 39 and a half. If you're like Ben, we get it. You like Justin Fields. The Pittsburgh Steelers still won that game. I understand. And we will talk about the movement that Pittsburgh has seen in the AFC North Divisional Market in what it looks like for the Steelers now at the midway point of this season in their hopes of being in the hunt for the AFC playoff picture. But I must stand my guy, Justin Fields. A phenomenal performance last night that shows what the future might look like in, in Chicago. On the other side, Najee Harris, the talented rookie running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, another big night. Ben Roethlisberger making some of the plays that he needed to make, even picking up a first down late in that game, utilizing his legs. Yes, Big Ben breaking out of the pocket and running a little bit. But the story overall for this game will be, despite Pittsburgh winning 29-27, to going way over a total that was a small number of 40 and a half, and the Steelers not covering, it will be some very questionable officiating calls in what has been a questionable year for the NFL and their emphasis on an asinine taunting rule that impacted the game. You never want to see referees impact the actual outcome of a game. That's what we had last night in the Steel City. Regardless, the Steelers win 29-27 over the Chicago Bears on a Monday night to round out week number nine of this NFL season. We are at the halfway point. We discussed the halfway point of this National Football League season on the other side of the break. The early after begins. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. A private ride to space. It's all fun and games if you're William Shatner. In an instant, you go, whoa. Otherwise, lately, space tourism is having a few technical problems. SpaceX Crew Dragon. Stinky. Leaky plumbing. Oh. Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic. Grounded by the FAA for airspace violations. And unless you're comped like Shatner for your ride, this is so weird. your one hour flight, really expensive. Now there's an alternative. Worldview and Space Perspective are offering up to 12 hour leisurely balloon flights 100,000 feet up to the top of the stratosphere with gourmet meals in the world's highest rooftop bar with separate plumbing. Follow me at Chicopalbo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this.
When you need to know something, you trust someone who's been right on the money before. That's where we come in. That's what we do. But we just call it the winning edge to save time. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I'll be honest with you all. On a huge Tuesday in the sports landscape, to start off this first segment on the morning after, I felt a little bit lonely doing it by myself. I need a little help from my friends. And that's why right now, the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159 becomes the early after. A program that rivals the best of them out there on the sports media landscape. On a huge sports landscape in general, I'm very pleased right now, me being Ben Stevens, to welcome in my good friend, Kevin Walsh, the host of The Early Line, each and every weekday morning, right here on the grid, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, leading into us here on the morning after. But the morning after on a Tuesday, this big must become the early after. K-Dubs, how do you do? Delightful. Excited to be here. Old DRS jump ship halfway through our number two. Who needs him? And I said, you know what? Not enough winning edge for me on a Tuesday. I need a double dose here on the more than after. You love to see it. Excited to be in the mix. What more could you ask for? Monday Night Football is a good time. College basketball oh. getting after it. Ben's hey. top ten has but no choice to respect the fighting Irish. Goodness me, I'm excited. I threw you a bone with Notre Dame, Kev, and it hurt me to do so, and I was going through the brain motions as I was filling out my top 10 last night for mm. this Tuesday program. But regardless, we'll get to that a little later on in this first hour. Then a full preview of the college basketball campaign that starts tonight. Not far away from where we are here in Midtown Manhattan at the Madison Square Garden Arena, the venue known as the Mecca. Also a ton of NBA talk in our second hour as well. But right now, Kev, we have reached the midway point of the NFL season. Nine weeks down, nine regular season weeks to go. It came to a close last night on a Monday night in Pittsburgh at the confluence of the Three Rivers and the Pittsburgh Steelers, taking advantage of maybe some questionable calls, but at the end of the day, ultimately a win at home in Heinz Field, 29-27 over the Chicago Bears. The total goes way over of a closing over-under at 40 and a hook, and the Pittsburgh Steelers do not cover a seven-point spread. The Chicago Bears do. But, Kev, I highlighted a lot of Justin Fields, as you know I would, by myself solo in that first segment. So now let's focus on the Pittsburgh Steelers because we are at the midway point, which gives us a greater picture of what the NFL season looks like, both in the AFC, the NFC, and in the divisional races as well. Right now in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been on a steady climb over the last two and a half, three weeks really, because just a couple of weeks ago, the Steelers were 14 to 1, had the longest odds to win the AFC North. Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, after a win on Monday night, they find themselves at plus 500. Still the second longest odds to win this division. A division, the Ravens are the odds on favorites at minus 170 and still behind the Cleveland Browns. But the Steelers, Kev, are positioning themselves a lot better, not only in this divisional market, but also in the AFC overall. They certainly are. They've won four straight games. But what happened last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers? They were opening up. They were unbeaten. But if you were a fan of context, yeah, that team wasn't that good. So four-game winning streak. Denver, who other than a – look, 
rise to the occasion game against Dallas. They've had their card pulled against anybody that isn't the worst teams in the NFL. Geno Smith winning overtime at home. Woo! (laughs) Cleveland in disarray. All right. Justin Fields, the best he's looked since wearing an Ohio State uniform. Now, here's the great thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers is they play the Lions next week. Though if I know Mike Tomlin and the boys, they don't have a chance at covering an eight-and-a-half-point spread. But then after the fact, Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's get a Steelers win next week. Let's get an updated win total, and let's get under that number. This team, I'm not buying four-game win streak or not, Ben. I mean, that was great choreography in the way that you pitched that under for an updated and live team win total on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Kevin Walsh can dance, folks. you got to see those moves. But you're not wrong, Kevin. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers... 0-5 against the spread as a favorite, being an 8.5-point favorite against the Lions this upcoming Sunday. Still, we know the Lions have struggled. They haven't been terrible against the spread. 4-4 and and even 500 this year. It will be interesting to see. But the Pittsburgh Steelers now leapfrogging the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North Divisional Market. They are still a couple of cents behind the Cleveland Browns, who are plus 420. And at the top of this market, at the top of the standings in the AFC North, It is the Baltimore Ravens, the odds-on favorites at minus 170. And this upcoming Thursday, just two days from now to start off week 10 in the second half of the NFL campaign, the Ravens head on the road to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Currently, the Ravens a a 7.5-point favorite, the over-under total 46.5. Kev, as you look ahead to this game, the Ravens now the favorites in the AFC North, a big favorite on the road against the Miami Dolphins on short notice. What do you want to see from Baltimore in this game on Thursday night? So I'm actually so glad you brought this up. Right now, we're trying to figure out who is the best team in the AFC, right? Ben, would you say you view Baltimore's 6-2 and record in a more of a positive or negative light? Uh, negative, to be honest, based on some of their numbers against the spread as a favorite that we have seen this year. fair. But here's my question to the people, right? Hmm. What has been the knock on Lamar? Guy can't play from behind. He can't throw the football. Can't go win a football game. When Patty Mahomes gets down two touchdowns, go wins again. Best quarterback in the world, which always was true. When the Chiefs give a team a 10-point lead and then go win a game, look at the lords of football. And then the Ravens do it. And we'll hold on. This team's terrible. But, folks, isn't this what you've wanted from Lamar? Isn't this what Lamar isn't able to do? They have trailed in the fourth quarter in multiple games this year. Down two touchdowns to the Vikings. Fourth quarter comeback against the Colts, the Chiefs. Even that pesky Detroit Lions team reminds me of a trip to Lawrence when you're playing a Kansas Jayhawks team. At the end of the day, Lamar is not only undervalued in the MVP market at 11-1, to But the Ravens are being painted in a negative light despite doing what everybody for years has said they can't do. What if they start actually playing good football, Ben? Mm. I mean, listen, Kev, the the reason I say I'm slightly negative on the Baltimore Ravens, or at least looking at the record overall, 
six and two straight up the top spot in the AFC North a very difficult division right now but just three and five against the spread and in six of those eight games the Baltimore Ravens have been a favorite and they are just one and five against the number as a favorite and if they are truly a favorite right now to win the AFC the second shortest odds only behind the Buffalo Bills at plus 450 you know they are going to be in that pole position throughout most of this year they have been a touchdown or more favorite as they are for this upcoming Thursday night already three times this year and again one and five against the spread as a favorite not covering by more than four points per game so that's my only knock on the Baltimore Ravens but the point you bring up about Lamar is that he can't win from behind and he's not that clutch quarterback that we have seen with guys like Patrick Mahomes early on in his career I think Lamar Lamar has bucked all of those trends and when it comes to just actually winning football games all the credit in the world to the Baltimore Ravens absolutely look at the end of the day don't you think there's better football in front for this team? They're, they're like, right? Like, we know, we saw it against the Chargers, man. The defense has been a little bit vulnerable now, right? Again, we can't mm. just. Lamar's the guy, right? People just. Uh, did they lose? It's Lamar's fault. Did you watch the game? I didn't need to. It had to be his fault. It's it's every week. Like, since he put 41 on him, Lamar's fault. Hold on a minute. The Vikings are ripping off 90 yard runs with Dalvin Cook. Lamar's fault. What do you mean? The guy has no help. Just saying 11 to 1. How is Josh Allen 3 to 1 and Lamar's 11 to 1? I mean, I can't figure it out. One guy didn't score a touchdown against the Jaguars. Hey, now, Buffalo. Call it what it is. The Jaguars. Hate to see it. Hey, you know how K Dubs feels about those Buffalo Bills. We will talk about the AFC and NFC postseason picture at the halfway point of the NFL season. That's next here on the grid. Sports professor Ricardo inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your daily numbers game. Well, USA Today, collaborating with the Knight Commission, describes $533 million of dead money paid by schools to coaches just to go away. That doesn't even include the big severance payments, the high visibility USC's and LSU's and TCU's and others, including those big dollars. They all add up at Ogeron. National champion two years ago, $18 million, 18 monthly installments over the next year and a half. The bottom line is these are significant expenditures. Some decry the waste of money. Others say that's the only way you're going to top quality coach to come to a school and reform a program. Either way, it's big money. Sports Professor Ricaro, Daily Numbers Game. It's a jungle out there. So many possibilities, prospects, and probabilities. It's easy to become overwhelmed. That's where we come in. Relax. We're your trusted source for expert information on sports gaming strategies and information. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Welcome back to the morning after on this Tuesday morning on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, alongside Kevin Walsh 
for the first two hours of this program on a huge, and I mean absolutely gigantic, Tuesday in the sports landscape. The morning after is now the early after, right here on the grid. The reason the sports calendar is so robust on this Tuesday is not only because we are at the halfway point of the NFL season, not only because we will have a new iteration of the college football playoff rankings sometime tonight, not only because the NBA and NHL seasons are in full swing, also because college basketball begins. We will have a CBB preview for the upcoming season in our second hour of the early after here on the morning after on Sports Grid. But right now, because, Kev, we're at the midway point of the NFL season, I think it's a fun time to look at how the playoff odds look on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So if you'll allow me, let's dive into each conference, starting with the AFC. And right now, when we pull up the AFC odds, it's actually the Tennessee Titans at minus 4,000 who have the best odds in the entire AFC to make the postseason. Then it's the Buffalo Bills at minus 2,500. Then the Baltimore Ravens at minus 1,600. And then as we continue to scroll through this graphic, as we are looking at it now on our screen, the Chargers minus 300, the Chiefs minus 188, the Cleveland Browns minus 122. Those would be six of the seven playoff teams in the expanded AFC playoffs. And then you have both the Raiders and the Pats, Kev, at even money, plus 100. So nine weeks done in the NFL season. Nine weeks left to go throughout the remainder of the regular season. What do you make of how the AFC playoff picture looks currently? Well, I think right away, right, the Tennessee number jumps out. But it's, it's less to do with the 7-2 record and more how they got there. They beat the Colts twice already. And at the end of the yep. day, the Titans are 5-0 and straight up as a dog. I mean, the Colts have to be like, I hope no one could help us out. I mean, I know we didn't help us, but... Like Buffalo, Kansas City, Rams, please. Can we catch this team at all? No, you can't. You keep kind of piling down that list. And the last team yeah. there, the New England Patriots, jumps off the page as well. I was pretty harsh on Bill Belichick to open the season. I thought he was essentially stuck in 1940s football. He didn't seemingly trust yeah. his quarterback whatsoever. I hated watching the games. But his team right now is perfect on the road with a rookie quarterback. I mean, the... The arguments are, are all so simple. And, and Ben, how is Brandon Staley 6-1 to one for Coach of the Year and Bill Belichick's 25-1? to one? I mean, listen, people might say I'm, I'm hard on Brandon Staley. No, I'm not. Just telling the truth. What, what is the argument that Brandon Staley presents over Bill Belichick? I can't come up with it. Like, the, idea, the world where Brandon Staley is going to win a Coach of the Year award because everybody thinks that Anthony Lynn is the worst clock manager in the history of football is just not one I can live in. I mean, but it's not just Brandon Staley. Zach Taylor? Sean McDermott? Yep. Matt LaFleur? Mike McCarthy? Bill, like, the Pats are right there, right, Ben, when we talk about making the playoffs. And if they do that, Belichick's finishing no worse than top three in a coach of the year voting, I have to believe. Yeah, maybe so. And maybe it's because the track record is so luminous for Bill Belichick that you don't give him the credit of turning around a team. But this is a really good coaching job that old Belichick has done for the New England Patriots. You see the Raiders and the Pats right there, both at even money. Again, seven spots in the AFC postseason, the four divisional winners, and now three expanded wildcard spots. And as we will detail here in just a couple of minutes, the AFC wildcard picture is a lot tighter 
than that of the NFC. A lot of teams that have very similar odds that are all gunning for three spots because you see the Raiders and the Pats at even money. You also will find that the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers are not far behind when you look at the market right now. The Steelers plus 138, the Bengals plus 142, even the Indianapolis Colts plus 152 right now. So 11 teams pretty close in how these odds look right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I agree with Kevin. I think the number that stands out is the minus 4,000 on the Tennessee Titans to be the best team who has the best odds of making the AFC postseason right now because the Titans are also minus 5,000 to win the AFC South division, the best odds to win any division in all of the NFL on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But then it's interesting to correlate that to the AFC Championship market where the Titans have the third shortest odds at plus 600 behind the Buffalo Bills who are the favorites at plus 250 and the Baltimore Ravens at plus 450. So you see the Bills and you see the Ravens with very strong odds to make the postseason as well at minus 2,500 and minus 1,600. Kev, I want to focus on that AFC North. We dived, we dove into those odds in the AFC North divisional market and we have all three teams right now that have a pretty decent shot that are not the Baltimore Ravens to be in contention for those three AFC wildcard spots. Again, the Cleveland Browns have now flipped back to a minus money favorite to make the postseason. Follow the track record here for the Browns over the last two and a half weeks after Thursday night football, beating the Broncos on a short week and very shorthanded. They were minus 250 to make the postseason. Then all of the injury concerns and a loss in a big way to the Cincinnati Bengals, that, or excuse me, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They then flipped to plus money at plus 106. Now this week again, after a big win over the Cincinnati Bengals, they are minus 122. You have the Steelers, who have won four straight at plus 138, and also those Bengals at plus 142. How many teams, Kevin, including the Baltimore Ravens, out of the AFC North do you think will be in the AFC playoffs? So the Ravens, certainly. The Cleveland team, I was ready to bet to miss the playoffs last week. And I realized, though, that that was an awful bet if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's why I needed to pull back. Because they were certainly live in that game. The two-and-a-half-point spread not being a field goal right kind of sounded the alarms. And you just, at the end of the day, the evidence is overbearing. They're better without Odell. Whether you think Odell is washed or you think this guy has a lot to bring to the table for whomever will end up adding him probably by day's end, it doesn't matter. Cleveland is just better without him. So the Browns have a great chance. What happened to Cincinnati? I, I mean, listen. Like, the Jets game, losing it is tough, but I did think it was a bad spot. But getting embarrassed by Cleveland is very, very difficult. I think right now, Ben, if you set the total at one and a half, you love over. If you set it at two and a half, you like under. It's probably going to be two teams, right? It's probably going to be two teams here from the AFC North that that get in. Can I just mention something quickly, though, when it comes to these championship odds? Because... I know I can't quit this team, and, and, and it is what it is, right? But you know what I'm going to bring up. You you know I have to bring it up. We talk about yeah, value. There are two quarterbacks in the AFC that have, won an, that have won an AFC title game. One of them's Big Ben. If you're back in Big Ben other than Fasano, have fun. The other's Pat Mahomes, man. Like, at the end of the day, do the Buffalo Bills deserve to be $2 in front of anybody? No. Nobody thinks the Ravens can win a playoff game. People tell me the Titans' best player isn't even active on the roster. I'm just saying, man, the Chiefs plus 650. If this horse does turn it around, the value is overwhelming. 
I would agree with you. And you will see where the Chiefs are at plus 650, nearly three and a half dollars in front of the Chargers, who are the favorites to win the AFC West right now and have better odds to make the postseason at minus 300 than do the Chiefs at minus 188. Kev, the cool thing right now at the halfway point of this NFL campaign on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the odds check out. And what I mean by that is the four divisional winners all have the best odds to make the postseason followed by the teams that would be contending for a wild card spot in both the AFC and the NFC. The huge difference, as you will see as we pull up these NFC playoff odds, is how top-heavy the NFC is. Four teams that are minus 4,000 or better to make the postseason. Five teams that are minus 3,500 or better to make the NFC playoffs. And then you throw in the Saints, who have the sixth-best odds at minus 260 to be a wild card team. And look how top-heavy the NFC is. The Bucks and the Green Bay Packers, both minus 5,000 to make the NFC postseason. Tampa, minus 650 to win the NFC South. Green Bay, minus 1,100 to win the NFC North. You will also see the Dallas Cowboys there at minus 4,000. They are minus 1,700 to win the NFC East. The best odds to win any division in the NFC. Kev, the NFC is a very top-heavy conference, according to the odds right now. And they're absolutely correct, right? I mean, it seems that the top five teams are operating in another planet than the back end of this conference here. I mean, listen, everyone knows I'm an Eagles fan. People know I don't want to give up on this season. They lost again to the Chargers. I still can't give up on the season. There's no team in the NFC that has any interest in, like, the NFC's about, hey, listen, we're going to go back to six playoff teams. The AFC, cool, they got it. You want to send us one of your teams? Whatever. Like, this is nonsense here. Like, the whole race for the seventh spot essentially lost the team that jumps out head over everybody else though right when you talk value has to be the team that gets russell wilson back in the seattle seahawks doesn't it the problem for seattle though is it's not a good bet if they're going to lose this week to the packers so i think if you want to bet seattle because you think oh well i think they can go and beat green bay well grab a little plus 160 money line let's not lock up money see how that works out for you and then let's talk odds here because they're not going to beat Green Bay, and then go to minus 200 anyway. Still be a very bettable number. The Seahawks jump off the page, though, with the Russ Cup return coming. I mean, look at that drop-off from the sixth spot where the Saints are minus 260 to the Minnesota Vikings, who have the next best odds to make the postseason at plus 220. We talked about how tight the AFC wildcard hunt is going to be. A very different picture in the NFC. Also rather peculiar to me that the Saints are minus 260 as a heavy favorite to make the postseason, yet plus 500 to win their own division, although they already have a win in the regular season over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The NFC is definitely a little bit crazier than the AFC, but the AFC should be much more tightly contested the rest of the way. From the NFL to college football, it's contentious time. Ben's Top 10 is up next. College football full circle. Somebody call Shaw up. David, what are we doing out there in Palo Alto? Honestly, I think they should whack him. I think they need to start over out there at Stanford. I, I know everybody's very respected. Everybody, love, listen, this is years now. He's done a bad job out there. A bad job. Dave Archaic offense. Dave regrets isn't even the word. It's college football full circle. Weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. On the home of the winning edge. The Sports Grid Radio Network.
You're listening to the voice of authority. You're listening to credibility. You're listening to expert analysis on daily sporting events. You're listening to the one place where you can get valuable information on gaming. Odds and more. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh for the first two hours of this huge Tuesday in the sports landscape. You are watching all across the Sports Grid network, which means that if Kevin Walsh is here, as we call him, old K-Dubs, it's a new edition of the early after. A perfect time for a new edition of the early after because a new rendition of the college football playoff rankings released tonight. Everybody deep breaths. Just week number two of the CFP poll. <laughs> we can do it. But before we get to how the committee sees the landscape in college football, it is time for Ben's. Yes, me, Ben's top 10. A rhyming play on words to rank the college football landscape in the top 10 as I see it right now. This is not how I think the committee is going to rank these teams later tonight on a Tuesday. My personal preference for the top 10 teams in all of the country in college football i will go through them starting from the bottom working my way up to the top from 10 to 1. kevin will give you his priceless reaction throughout i think he will be happy where the fighting irish maybe find themselves in this top 10. so let's start kevin at number 10. a team that i overlooked last week that should have been in it and now is 10th ranked in the country in my mind the oklahoma state cowboys so who does that knock off from last week wake forest out of the polls after falling to north carolina Baylor out of my poll after falling on the road to TCU. TCU's first cover at home, in fact. Oklahoma State now, as we highlight the pokes, 8-1 and one this year, and they are tied for the third-best record against the spread in all of the country. 7-2 and two ATS, and they have covered in seven straight games. They also have the second-shortest odds to win the Big 12 at plus 350, only behind Oklahoma, and they are tied for the seventh-shortest odds to win the national championship right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Long odds, but still the seventh shortest at 100 to 1. And this Saturday, they will be a 12.5 point home favorite against those very TCU Horn Frogs. So Oklahoma State rightfully in the top 10 in a great position right now to contend for a Big 12 championship and a potential New Year's Six Bowl. So Kev, any issue with number 10 as I continue to dive through the back half of my top 10? No, one of my favorite things was last week, you kind of slowly realizing that Baylor should have yeah. never been in front of this group. I'll just add this on Oklahoma State, and I think your breakdown was tremendous. I think they're a controller of their own destiny team. We talk about, you know, your Georgias, your Bamas, your Ohio States. I think we'll go, I don't know if they will, but if that team wins out, it's hard to see them not getting a top four spot. Absolutely so. Oklahoma State right now with TCU this upcoming Saturday to end out the regular season. It's Bedlam against the Sooners, and then it could be a repeat of that matchup in the Big 12 title game. If the Cowboys went out, they are a one-loss Big 12 champion. That has generally looked good in the eyes of the committee. We will see what that means this year, but for Ben's top 10 and my purposes right now, Oklahoma State checks in at number 10. At number 9, the Michigan Wolverines. Like Oklahoma State, one of those four teams in college football that are tied for the third best ranking, or excuse me, the third best record ATS at 7-2 and two so far this year. Michigan right now has the sixth shortest odds to win the national championship at 60-1. to one. They have the third best odds to win the Big Ten championship at 10-1. to one. The reason they check in at number nine is because we go to the head-to-head -head matchup 
and they still lost to Michigan State. So Michigan State is number eight in my Ben's top 10. Michigan State checks in at number eight right now in my top 10, despite the fact that Michigan has better odds to win the national championship and better odds to win the Big Ten title. Because as the committee showed us, Michigan State still benefits from the head-to-head matchup, which means checking in at number seven, Kevin, is Notre Dame. Notre Dame, the fighting Irish, although I really wanted to make Michigan ahead of Notre Dame when you look at where Notre Dame is in the odds right now to win the national championship but if i put michigan up there ahead of michigan state the michigan state has to be six would not make sense for the head-to-head matchup so notre dame checks in at seven notre dame has a worse record against the spread than both michigan state and michigan they are just six and three against the number they are 200 to one to win the national championship and they are only a five and a half point favorite kev against virginia this weekend why does that number come in the way it is Well, that's because every single team Notre Dame plays is off of a bye. Every single team for about six weeks in a row. It's because the Irish are not ever respected against the spread, which is why they cover against a team like UNC, Wake Forest, you wish, or they cover against a team like Navy. Only Cincinnati could dream of such a result. And also, the Fighting Irish's resume grows stronger. Thanks, Boilermakers. If you put Michigan State anywhere near in front of Notre Dame, this whole thing would have been canceled. Glad the integrity has stuck around through seven spots. This is the longest we have gone where my integrity has upheld, it, upheld itself, Kev. So that's a good thing in the poll. A lot of runway. Normally a lot it's of runway. 10 and 9. Yeah, I know. Still a long way to go here until we hit home. But normally it's like number 10 and you're like, oh, we're done integrity Mm -hmm. is out the window like last week ranking Baylor ahead of Oklahoma State but Notre Dame does check in at number seven you could say that Notre Dame's loss right now might be one of the best that we have in the country as compared to Michigan State who lost to Purdue as compared to Michigan who lost to Michigan State who then lost Mm -hmm. as well to Purdue and the only loss for Notre Dame being to Cincinnati not that I think good losses should be rewarded but Notre Dame is rightfully so, a one-loss team, 6-3 and three against the spread. Longer odds to win the national championship, but still a lot more out of, ahead of Notre Dame, in my opinion, than Michigan State still has on the horizon. So as we move forward here in the rest of this poll, checking in at number six is the Oklahoma, excuse me, nope, I messed that up, Cincinnati is number six. Here's the reason why this poll gets interesting. Here's why I have Cincinnati at number six. Cincinnati gets the head-to-head benefit of beating the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But when you look at where Cincinnati is right now, fair or unfair, how the committee will see them, how we see them here in the top 10, Cincinnati cannot just win football games against the AAC. Cincinnati needs to cover. They have not covered in three straight games. We are a betting program, and that is certainly damning to where Cincinnati looks in the overall outcome of this college football season. So we had them at fourth, num- uh, number four last week, Cincinnati now number six in my poll. They still have one of the three best wins in all of college football over Notre Dame. That's why the head-to-head has them sixth and Notre Dame seventh. But when you have not covered in three straight games and your odds to win the national championship have doubled on a week-to-week basis, 50-1 to one last week, 100-1 to one right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, that's a pretty strong indication of where Cincinnati's outlook overall seems for the rest of this college football season. So Cincinnati, number six, Oklahoma, Kevin, 
is number five. Mm. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the Sooners. I think that the rightful four and five record that Oklahoma, Oklahoma has against the spread speaks volumes of how this Sooners team truly translate to the rest of college football. But not even I hate the Oklahoma Sooners as much as the college <laughs> football playoff selection committee does. And that's why I have Oklahoma at number five, because still at the end of the day, they are a perfect 9-0 team. They still have the fourth shortest odds to win the national championship right now at 14-1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. They are minus 300 to win the Big 12 Conference Championship, along with o Ohio State in the Big 10, the best odds to win any conference in all of college football. Those are pretty heavy odds on favorites, but here is where it begins in my mind for OU. A five-and-a-half-point road favorite this week on the road in Waco against Baylor. Then next week against Iowa State. Then the following week, Bedlam against Oklahoma State. And then a potential appearance in the Big 12 championship game. So, Kev, here is where the season truly starts, in my estimation, for Oklahoma. Look, at the end of the day, the best week that OU's had was the Texas game. The second best week, I think, was the bye week. Caleb Williams' odds to win the Heisman went shorter on a bye week. Oh my Michigan State get out of here they're gone and at the end of the day ou has a final four games if you add a big 12 title appearance which you would anticipate that if they win out they will knock on georgia's door for the number one spot in the cfp that's the reality of the situation on ou the committee the committee could put them at 27 i don't care we know that OU controls all of their destiny the rest yep. of the way. It's the reality. I just want to see if Caleb Williams can win a Heisman in six games. I mean, goodness gracious. But if he performs against Baylor, if he performs against the Cyclones of Iowa State and then tops it off yep. in Bedlam and a Big 12 championship game, not to mention maybe the college football playoff to coordinate everything, although the Heisman decided long before that, Caleb Williams could have a strong case maybe not to win the Heisman this year, but to be the preseason favorite upcoming year like Spencer Rattler was entering this 2021 college football season. So Oklahoma at number five, the rest of the season ahead of Lincoln Riley and the Sooners starting this week as a five and a half point favorite on the road in Waco against Baylor on Saturday. At number four, it is Oregon. Now, Oregon will be ranked ahead of Ohio State in the college football playoff poll when that comes out tonight. Oregon does not deserve to be in the top four, but it's mainly because other teams haven't done enough to overtake the Ducks in my mind. Oregon has the worst loss of any team in my top 10. By far, that loss to Stanford is bad. I mean bad as it stands right now for the Oregon Ducks. And their only cover this year as a favorite was this past Saturday on the road against Washington. A Washington team in a full-blown meltdown. A Washington team themselves. That is just two and seven against the spread. I wish I could have Oregon seventh or eighth. I cannot based on the other teams around Oregon right now. So that's why the Ducks check in at number four. They are also the favorites in a minus money way at minus 120 to win the Pac-12 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But their odds to win the national championship are behind both Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. They have the fifth shortest odds to win the Natty right now at 30 to one. So, then my top three remains the same as things stand in my top 10 as they have over the past three weeks. Yes, you could make the case that Alabama at number three should be number two ahead of Ohio State. I still think Bama will be number two when we get to the CFP poll tonight. However, I give the love to Ohio State as I am Big Ten. Ben and Alabama and Ohio State are now tied for the second shortest odds to win the national championship. Alabama's odds getting worse by a full dollar 
this past week. So it is Georgia at the top, Ohio State two, and Alabama number three. Also, Ohio State is minus 300 to win the Big Ten championship. Alabama is plus money to win the SEC championship. The path for Ohio State into the college football playoff, at least based on the odds, Kevin, is a lot easier than Alabama has right now. Quickly, okay, two important things. One, the chaos that no one is prepared for is Bama losing to Auburn and then still, if they play in the SEC title game, beating Georgia. I have no idea what happens. Literally no idea. But if you noticed, I was all smiles as Ben placed Oregon at four because that meant that Ohio State was in front of Oregon despite Oregon beating Ohio State. Folks, if we're going to stay consistent, seven certainly lost to six, but their resume's much better. They're playing much better. But everybody, the poor Bearcats. Listen, at the end of the day, this team right now doesn't have as good enough case as UTSA. Meet, meet. Put the Roadrunners in front of the Bearcats. Notre Dame is going to jump Cincinnati tonight, and the committee will be correct for doing so. Thank you. I... Kev, I'm not sure I can argue that point and what the CFP selection committee is going to do with Cincinnati tonight. If Cincy is even in the top 10, I might be surprised at this point, given how much the CFP committee does not care for a group of five team, namely the Cincinnati Bearcats. I don't care about the head-to-head when it comes to Oregon and Ohio State. Oregon has the worst loss of the entirety of this top 10. We round out the opening hour of the morning after. Up next. The Sports Grid Radio Network presents this date in sports history. We are looking at a sports legend in the purple trunks. 1996, Evander Holyfield upsets Mike Tyson. Holyfield continues to dig in. A left hook to the head. He's got Tyson in trouble. Tyson's ready to go. Straight by him. The top of the fight. And Holyfield has won. I can't believe what I'm saying. It's the most unbelievable thing I've ever been privileged to witness. For Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demurgis. It's not hard to understand. There's a difference between luck and strategy. Luck is getting the last piece of pizza. Strategy is hiding it beforehand in a warm oven. Trust us. Strategy's better. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Rounding out hour number one on this Tuesday morning edition of the morning after right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh for the first two hours of this program, a program we affectionately call the early after. And to round out the early after on this Tuesday, ahead of the newest rendition of the college football playoff rankings, it is time to hear from you. Teams all around the country not making the most compelling case this past Saturday to be the number two team in the country behind number one in Georgia. So who do you think is going to be the number two team when the CFP releases its new poll tonight? Let's find out and fade the public.
So the four options as it stands right now on our poll on Sports Grid TV on Twitter at Sports Grid TV on Twitter, and we have seen some movement in this poll still generating some steam. Kev, Alabama, who was ranked second in the first poll, currently second in the country, is the leader in the clubhouse right now. Thirty-nine point four percent of the vote, as I am currently seeing it. Then you have Cincinnati at nearly 32%, then Ohio State with the third most percentage, and then Oregon behind all of them. So, Kevin, Alabama, number two, according to the public. Are you fitting the public? Uh, I mean, they're going to be number two. They didn't look great against LSU, right? I mean, Uh, they didn't. Like, the number two, like, I mean, listen, you know how I feel about Kayla Williams and the lads. Like, they have a case. Ohio State is a case. You know who doesn't have a case? You know who doesn't have a case? The Cincinnati Bearcats. I mean, they just don't. They don't. It's it's what it is. Also, here's another poll idea. Put up just two options. Who should be the number one team in the country? Georgia. And then the second choice being, I prefer to be wrong. And I mean, like, there's no intrigue. Like, they're just so by far and away number one. It's awesome. Credit to the Bulldogs. They rule. I mean, they are so by far and away number one. The best defense these two guys have ever seen in the history of my time watching college football i've been a huge cincy guy kev they can't be number two anymore our number two though of the morning after the early after on the other side of the break